The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hi, Elliot. Here, take a campaign button. Oh, hi, B. Uh, let's see here. B for president? Yeah, we're learning about Abraham Lincoln today on the show, and I was inspired. He is a pretty inspirational figure. Okay, tell me about your platform. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is the first time anyone's asked. Um, my platform is six feet tall, as I don't want my constituents to think I'm far above them. And about eight feet wide, because I like to walk around when I'm speaking. You know, who wants to stand behind a podium the whole time? Uh, sorry, I'll be clear. I meant, what are you running on? Mostly licorice and cappuccino. It takes a lot of energy to run for office. Well, B, I always admire your ambition, but I think there's a few more things to sort out before you run for president of the United States. The, what? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm campaigning to be president of the Dolly Parton fan club. Who wants to live in Washington, D.C. when you could live in Dollywood? Do that's Dolly Parton's amusement park, which is where I assume the president of the Dolly Parton fan club residence is. Well, I'm happy to report that we're also learning about Dolly Parton today, so maybe we'll find out. I also assume the president of Dolly's fan club only works nine to five. What a way to make a living. Eric, please play the theme song. Here we go. What do you think you know about the greats from history? The game is on. Get some energy and buckle up your brain Cause it's time to play It's the Who Was Podcast Cause it's time to play the Who Was Podcast Who Was? 
Live from Tongvaland, or so-called SoCal Los Angeles, welcome to Who Was? The history quiz show that gives contestants the chance to win mega prizes and podcast glory. I'm B, your favorite person who says her name before she says Elliot's name. And here's your host, the man who pops wheelies on his stationary bike, it's Elliot Kalen! Thank you, B. Very difficult, takes a lot of core strength. And welcome, everyone, to the Who Was podcast. This show, it's like Jeopardy, only with surprise guests, silly games, and a haunted player piano. Our contestants were sent Who Was books about two great figures from history. Now they're here to show off their knowledge in the hopes of winning fantastic prizes, prizes, prizes. Today, we're discussing a couple of log cabin kids, Abraham Lincoln and Dolly Parton. But before we get to know them, let's get to know our contestants. First up, we have Katie. Katie, would you please introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Katie. I love singing and dancing and musical theater. Oh, my goodness. All right, well, what is one of your favorite musicals? I love Hamilton. Ah, okay. I thought maybe you would say that, seeing as you're on a history quiz show and that you love musicals. Are there any musicals that you have been in? I've been in Matilda. (gasps) Now, that's one of my favorite books and one of my favorite musicals. I was Amanda Thripp, and I got thrown by my pigtails. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Katie, we're so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you for being here. And how um, apropos that uh, that you're on a show with Dolly Parton, because 9 to 5 was an awesome musical too. All right, up next we have Ranger. Ranger, please introduce yourself. Hi, my name's Ranger. I love cats, and I have three rescue cats at my house. Oh, wow. Okay, because when you first said, I love cats, again, I thought you were talking about Cats the Musical. Yeah, the musical cats. And I thought we had had a couple of musical uh, theater folks on our hands, but the fact that you also just love cats, the animal, is also very exciting to me. So what are the, what are your cats' names? I have a kitten that's named Apple, and I have two cats that are two. One is named Fern and one's named Tulip. Those are lovely names, all things that can be found in nature. And also I assume you named Apple after Gwyneth Paltrow's daughter. I actually don't know what Apple's name was after. I would just say it's such a sweet name for a cat, but you just have to be careful because if someone says, I'm hungry, I want to eat an apple, you don't want to accidentally give them your cat. That's right, yeah. Yeah, don't make that mistake. Thank you so much, both of you, for being here. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you to Eric, our musician, for providing that lovely Meet the Contestants music. So that's Who Is. Now let's find out who was Abraham Lincoln with four fast facts. Four fast facts. Abraham Lincoln was born in 1809 and died in 1865. Abraham Lincoln is considered by many, including me, to be America's greatest president. In 1863, President Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation that declared forever free those people enslaved within the Confederacy. Lincoln's strong leadership during the American Civil War kept America from splitting into two different countries. Four fast facts. And now let's keep right zooming, just like that four fast facts sound, into our first game. It's one honest Abe would have loved, true or false. True or false? Is it true or is it false? Is it false or is it true? Is it true that it was false? Or is it false that it was true? True. True or false? 
here's how this game works. B will read a statement, and you'll tell us if it's true or... False. You guessed it, false. And since it's our first game of the show, each question is worth one point. Katie, you'll be going first. True or false? Lincoln's famous speech, the Gettysburg Address, was only about two minutes long. True. That's right, it's true. People were becoming more and more disillusioned with the Civil War, especially when Abraham Lincoln enacted a draft, the first time in American history when men were forced to enlist in the armed forces during a war. At the dedication of Gettysburg National Cemetery, Lincoln gave the Gettysburg Address, and in just two minutes, he reminded his audience that the United States was the first country founded on the idea of equality, and that it was up to them to keep it alive. Ranger, you're up next. True or false? When Lincoln was seven, his family moved from Kentucky to Indiana. One of the reasons being that Kentucky was a slave state while Indiana was a free state. True. That's right, that's true. The Lincoln family hated slavery. Abraham Lincoln said he was, quote, naturally anti-slavery for as far back as he could remember. That may seem like an obvious thing to say now because, yeah, slavery is terrible. But in Lincoln's time, slavery was considered by many people to be not only normal, but natural. It also points to why Lincoln was determined to end slavery as president. Katie, back to you for the next question. True or false? As a boy, Abraham Lincoln would write on wood instead of paper. True. He didn't have any paper because it was expensive. Very true. Lincoln's family was poor and paper was expensive and hard to get. You're exactly right. After he learned how to read, Abraham would read books very carefully to make sure he really understood them. And when he wanted to write down a passage from a book, he'd write it on a piece of wood. And when the wood got so black and written over that he couldn't read it anymore, he'd shave the wood and start again. So kids, when you're reading your Kindle, just think of America's 16th president reading his Kindle-ling. <laughs> Is a little, you know, tender humor there. Yeah. Very nicely done. Ranger, this final question is for you. Abraham Lincoln was very strict when it came to his sons while living in the White House. False. False. That's right. President Lincoln and his wife Mary never scolded their boys or tried to make them behave. Lincoln sometimes talked to his generals during the Civil War with one of his sons climbing up his chair and onto his shoulders. At the time, it was actually pretty unusual for children to live in the White House, but Lincoln didn't mind his boys' interruptions. In fact, with all his responsibilities, including being in the middle of the Civil War, like we said, his younger sons, Tad and Willie, could really make him smile. And that's the end of True or False. True, 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 true or false. That was a great round, and now it's time to go to producer Jane, who never scolds me no matter how many times I climb on her shoulders, for the scores. Jane, who's in the lead? Elliot, A, you're heavy, and B, uh, Ranger and Katie are two each. It's a tie. Sounds like it's anybody's game going into the second round. That's right, B, but first, we're going to take ourselves a break. Eric, please play us some Kids in the White House music. No running. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. 
With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to the Who Was Podcast. Today we're learning who was Abraham Lincoln and who is Dolly Parton. And now, back to your host, Elliot Caitlin. Thank you, B. Now let's find out who is Dolly Parton with four fast facts. Four fast facts. Dolly Parton was born in 1946 in Sevier County, Tennessee, and she continues to make incredible music and do incredible things for this world. After making her first radio appearance at age 10, she became one of the queens of country music. Dolly has her own amusement park called Dollywood. Dolly has 11 Grammys, 13 Academy of Country Music Awards, Oscar, Emmy, and Tony nominations, and she has an honorary doctorate from the University of Tennessee. Four Fastbacks. Ooh, Dolly Parton is so cool. I know. Can you imagine having your own amusement park? Yeah, I think about it every day. Not you, me. I meant the, the kids, the contestants. Contestants, if you had your own amusement park, what ride would you most want to have there? Katie, what would your amusement park have in it? It would have one roller coaster that goes around the entire park. With two different versions of it, one slow so you can look at the park, and a fast one for the thrill seekers who want to go on something that does loop loops. Oh, wow. I love that. Something for everyone. And you get to see the park. And I meant because there's going to be a lot of amazing things to see in that park, I'm imagining, because it's going to be like a lot of musical theater in that park, I'm guessing. <laughs> a lot of a lot of musical theater-based rides. Hamilton the Ride, maybe Fiddler on the Roof where you're like have to, you're falling off a roof or something. And maybe there's like uh, Guys and Dolls where, mm, let's just say that's a Ferris wheel. Okay, okay, Ranger, your amusement park, what would you have in it? Probably a really tall rock climbing place cool. where you can climb it for a prize. What kind of prizes would you get? Yeah, what kind of prize would you get for climbing the, the wall? Like probably big teddy bears. Oh, I love it. Contestants, those were great answers, great parks. If any uh, amusement park builders are listening right now, get in touch with Katie and Ranger. We've got to build those parks. But first, it's time for us to go on a ride of our own, a musical journey, in fact with our second game, and each question is worth two points. That's right, this game is B-Sides. B-Sides. 
Now, let me explain that title for the younger people in the audience and also on the show. Before we were all streaming music on demand left and right from the internet, we had record albums, which have two sides on them. The A side usually had the hit song on it, and the B side was another song that was less well-known. So we found some of Dolly Parton's unreleased lyrics. And if you elect me president of Dolly's fan club, I will release all of Dolly's unreleased music. You know, if it's okay with her. Yeah, but you should probably make sure it's okay with Dolly Parton before you start releasing all of her lyrics. But in this game, you'll listen to the lyrics and tell us what she was writing about for two points each. Ranger, this first song is for you. Elvis wanted to buy my song. I turned down a king's ransom. Some thought I was wrong, but the rewards have been handsome. Hey, Ranger, what song did Elvis want to buy from Dolly? Was it A, Uptown Funk, B, Jolene, or C, I Will Always Love You? B. I'm so sorry. The answer is C. Elvis wanted to buy Dolly's song, I Will Always Love You, which means he would have owned it. Dolly said no. Since then, many singers have performed the song, the most famous version being Whitney Houston's from the Bodyguard soundtrack. Dolly has said she's made so much from that one song that she could have bought Elvis's home, Graceland. Okay, Katie, it's your turn next. Here we go. B, take it away. Kids can't read if they lack the literary. So I decided to start my very own library. What library is Dolly Parton talking about starting? A, the Library of Congress, B, the Imagination Library, or C, the New York Public Library? B. That's right, the answer is B. In 1996, Dolly started Dolly Parton's Imagination Library, which gave one book a month to every child in her childhood hometown, Sevier County. Since then, more than 184 million books have been handed out in the United States, Canada, Australia, and the United Kingdom. Kids call Dolly the book lady, a name she wears proudly. Okay, Ranger, this next one is for you. They put me in the Hall of Fame. It was such an honor for this grand dame. What Hall of Fame is Dolly Parton talking about being inducted into here? Is it the A, WWE Hall of Fame, B, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, or C, the Country Music Hall of Fame? C. That's right, the answer is C. In 1999, Dolly was inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame. Typically, this is an honor given to people at the end of their careers, but not Dolly. She got that award over 20 years ago, and even today, she's nowhere close to the end of making incredible music. Okay, Katie, you get the final set of lyrics. I had big dreams. No one could stop me. That's how I got to the Grand Old Opry. So how old was Dolly when she first performed at the legendary Grand Ole Opry? A, 13, B, 31, or C, 3? A, 13. That's right, A. When she was 13, Dolly's Uncle Bill drove her to Nashville to try and get her on the Opry. It was almost impossible due to her age. It would have been even more impossible if she was three. But after Bill begged the performers to let Dolly go on, one of them let her take their place. That was so nice of them. Johnny Cash, a famous country music singer, even introduced her to the audience. 4,000 people were there that night, and Dolly had three encores. And that's B-Sides. B-Sides. In a moment, we'll go to our own member of the Scorekeeping Hall of Fame, producer Jane. But first, B and I will... You mean Dolly Parton fan club president B. I've got this election in the bag. Nobody has my deep dive Dolly knowledge or my mad political skills. Not so fast. You'll find I can best you in both of those arenas. Abraham Lincoln! The same. I came here through the Who Was app. Who Was App? 
wanna reach someone in the past. All you need is the WhatsApp. WhatsApp. And I came here to challenge B for the office of president, and I shall defeat her the same way I defeated Stephen Douglas in the presidential election of 1860 in a rousing one-on-one debate. Hold on, Mr. Lincoln. Didn't you debate Stephen Douglas during the campaign to be senator from Illinois in 1858, and you actually lost that election? Uh, well, fine. That is technically correct. Though I did defeat him in the presidential election of 1860. You could be the judge of the debate, nerd. Yes! Finally, a chance to be a part of history. Okay, President Lincoln, I was going to decide who'd get the first opening statement with a coin toss, but your face is on the coin, so I figure you win the toss. So tell us, why would you be the best president of the Dolly Parton fan club? <clears throat> Three score and 16 years ago, that's 76 years ago, Dolly Parton's parents brought into this world a new country superstar. She was born in Tennessee, and I was born, as Dolly might say, two doors down in Kentucky. But both of us had humble beginnings in log cabins. I promise to keep Dolly's fans united, just as I kept this nation united during the Civil War. As the president of the Dolly Parton fan club, I'd work nine to five to make sure that you, Dolly fans, can always Jolene on me to get the job done. Anyway, seems like a pretty open and shut case to me, so uh, vote Lincoln. Thank you so much. Powerful arguments, very powerful. Okay, B, are you ready for your rebuttal? Okay, sure. Mr. Lincoln seems like a great guy. What with winning the Civil War and the Emancipation Proclamation ending the scourge of slavery in America? And who could forget all those great speeches he wrote? Thank you. Uh, B, you're kind of arguing Lincoln's case for him. All right, let me finish. Sure, he did all that stuff. But does he know what it's like to be just like Dolly and write over 3,000 songs? Or to release five hit albums in one year? Or learn how to play the guitar, the piano, drums, saxophone, and something I don't really know what it is called the dulcimer? Has he ever had to find the courage to record a song unruffled moments after his car crashed into the wall of the recording studio like Dolly once had to do? Wow. Mr. Lincoln, your response? Ooh, uh, <clears throat> well, I'll admit I've... Um... Never done any of those things, but, but, has B. I have, Mr. Lincoln. As recently as this afternoon. Need proof? Just look out of the window of this studio. Is that? Yes, my car crashed into the wall because I thought I saw a funny cloud. Why should I be the president of the Dolly Parton fan club? Because I am just like Dolly Parton. Aside from the hit albums and playing instruments and all that charitable stuff she does. And under my leadership, fandom of the Dolly, by the Dolly, and for the Dolly shall not perish from this earth. B, that was beautiful. Um, excuse me, she just stole the end of my Gettysburg Address speech. You know, government of the people, by the people, for the people. Don't be a sore loser, Abe, because B is the winner. Hail to the new chief of the Dolly Parton fan club. Yes! No hard feelings, Abe. In a democracy, it is the responsibility of the defeated candidate to peacefully concede to the winner. Congratulations, President B. And now, if you'll excuse me, four score and seven minutes ago, I was late for having chicken fingers with Shakespeare. Fare thee well! 
Hey, Elliot, how'd you like to be my ice president? You mean vice president? So if anything happened to you, I'd take over the fan club? No, I mean ice president, the person who freshens up my iced tea. <laughs> yes, Madam President. And while I do that, let's take a short break. Eric, would you please play us some book lady music? Librarian. C'est moi, Marie Curie. You may remember me from winning multiple Nobel Prizes or perhaps from my episode of the Who Was podcast where I played myself. I wanted to take a moment to read one of my favorite reviews about the Who Was podcast. <clears throat> this is from Shakenbeck and it reads, Loved this. Me and my little sister love this show. More please, our fave is Harriet Tobin. If you want to hear your review read on the air, make sure to subscribe, like, and review to the Uwas podcast in the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Au revoir, or should I say, à bientôt! When the clock is started. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to the Who Was Podcast. Today we're learning who was Abraham Lincoln and who is Dolly Parton. And now back to your host, Elliot Kalin. Thanks, B. And without further ado, let's go to producer Jane for the scores. Elliot and B, it's a very close game. Katie has six and Ranger is right behind with four. Thanks, Jane. It's incredibly close. Still anybody's game. It's so exciting. And now we've reached the peak of the game. Converge of Greatness.
so inspiring. In this multiple choice game, we'll explore how Dolly Parton and Abraham Lincoln connect, overlap, or converge. Choose the best answer for each question, and because we're dealing with double the history, each question will be worth triple the points. Three points. That's three points per question. Ready? The first question goes to Katie. B, take it away. Both Abraham Lincoln and Dolly Parton came from backgrounds of poverty. In fact, the walls of Dolly's childhood home were covered in A, newspaper, B, anchovies, or C, photographs of the family. A, newspaper. That's right, the answer is A. Dolly grew up in a log cabin and the walls were covered in newspaper because they didn't have wallpaper. Dolly said that they had two rooms and a path and running water if you were willing to run and get it. She meant that kids had to run and fetch water from outside. They couldn't just go to a sink and turn on the faucet. Ranger, the next question is for you. Dolly Parton and Abraham Lincoln both have signature looks. Dolly has her big, beautiful blonde hair, and Lincoln has his... A. Mohawk B. Spinning bow tie or C. Tall hat and beard C. That's right, the answer is C, although that spinning bow tie would be hilarious. Abraham Lincoln wore a very tall hat called a stovepipe hat due to its resemblance to the pipe that releases the smoke from a stove. We remember Lincoln as having his trademark chin beard, but he didn't always have one. During his presidential campaign, Lincoln received a letter from an 11-year-old girl named Grace Bedell, and she said he'd look more like a president if he had a beard. So he grew one. Thanks, Grace. You're one of the great beard inspirers. Katie, you've got the next question. Both Abraham Lincoln and Dolly Parton had success because of their talents, but also because they're both smart, warm people that others like to be around. Dolly's good nature and charm led to an opportunity she hadn't previously considered for herself. Was it A, being a movie star, B, being a ninja, or C, being a professional skateboarder? Being a movie star. I forgot which letter that was. That is okay. The most important part is the words and less the letter. The answer was A, a movie star. We'll give it to you because the movie star is the important part. Jane Fonda sent Dolly a script for a movie called 9 to 5, and the role was an offer Dolly couldn't refuse. It's a comedy about three women who decide to get even with their terrible boss. Dolly wrote the movie's theme song, also called 9 to 5. Both the movie and the song were big hits. Dolly's character in the movie even becomes a country singer at the end. Uh, um, uh, spoiler alert for 9 to 5. Sorry about that. But talk about the part she was born to play. Okay, Ranger, let's bring it home with the final question. Both Dolly Parton and Abraham Lincoln have toured for work. Dolly, of course, as a musician, and Abraham when he was a... A, a traveling salesman, B, a traveling electrician, or C, a traveling lawyer. C. That's right, the answer is C. There wasn't enough business in Springfield, Illinois, where Lincoln lived for a lawyer to live on. So like most Western lawyers, Lincoln had to travel to towns all around the state. Twice a year, a judge would visit all the towns too small to have their own courts. Lincoln became part of the group of lawyers who followed the judge's route. Kind of like the band Fish, but for jurisprudence. And that's Converge of Greatness. And the end of that game means it's just about the end of the show. While Jane tallies the final score, I would love to hear from the contestants. Contestants, what was something you were surprised to learn about Dolly Parton and Abraham Lincoln? Katie, what surprised you? I was surprised that 
inside the Dolly Parton book, it says that she was a tomboy when she was younger. And once she jumped over a fence and cut her fingers so badly that her mom had to sew them back on. Yikes. Oh my gosh, yeah, that, that sounds like a very scary thing to do. But yeah, Dolly's had a thousand lives. She's really great, yeah. Like a cat. Like a cat, that's <laughs> Yeah. Right. Okay, Ranger, what surprised you about Dolly Parton or Abraham Lincoln? I'm surprised that Dolly gave away $500 to people that finished college. Yeah, she's a very generous person, right? One of the things that's so inspiring about Dolly Parton is her dedication to helping other people get the kind of step up in life that she didn't get to have. And so she wants people to finish their education and she didn't get a full official education herself, but she wants other people to have that head start in life. So it's just really nice. She does so much nice stuff. And, again, very good at playing guitar. I don't Mm -hmm. know. It's almost unfair that she's such a nice person and is also very talented at things. I know what it's like to be a super kind person who's also very talented. Let me tell you, it's a burden, but somehow I managed to do it. You're such an inspiration to all of us, B. We really appreciate it. Thank you both. And now for the big moment, the real inspirational moment when Dolly Parton will be envious of one of our contestants. Jane, please announce our winner. It was such a close game. Ranger had 10 points, but our winner, Katie, sprang ahead with 12. Oh, so close. Congratulations, Katie. Ranger, you played a great game. And great game. Very proud of it. Uh, Katie, as our winner, you have 10 seconds for shout outs. Go for it. Who would you like to thank for your win today? I want to thank my mom, my dad, my brother, my family, my friends, and anyone else who has helped me along the way. Beautiful. Wow. I I see in you um, a future Tony winning uh, speech. Mm -hmm. So it was nice to see the, the younger version of that. Way to go. Yeah, you can, you, you can use that same speech again when you win that Tony. It's going to be fantastic. Our winner and their library of choice will be receiving a selection of Who Was books and maybe someday a Tony. Who knows? And I'm going to give a shout-out to intern Zach, Jane, Eric, and Jonah Ray for being our Abraham Lincoln. And, of course, thanks to B and a big thank you to both of our contestants who played an amazing game today. You should both be very proud. And the most thanks of all to you wherever you are for listening. Next week, join us again as we find out who was two more amazing figures in history. Until then, this is Elliot, tall hat and beard, Kalen saying, we're history. Goodbye, everybody. Got a question for any of our famous figures? Send us a voice memo at thewhowaspodcast at gmail.com. It might just end up on the show. The Who Was podcast is produced by Radio Point, iHeartMedia, and Penguin Workshop and is based on the best-selling Who HQ series, published by Penguin. This show is hosted by Elliot Kalin with co-host Megan O'Neill as B. Also starring Jane Baker as producer Jane, Eric Shackney as Eric, and Jonah Ray as Abraham Lincoln. Executive producers are Richard Corson, Alex Bach, Elliot Kalin, Megan O'Neill, Daniel Powell, and Houston Snyder. Executive producer for Penguin Workshop is Francesco Sedita. Executive producer for iHeartMedia is Lindsay Hoffman. This episode was written by Devin Coleman, Elliot Kalin, and Megan O'Neill. Produced by Bernie Kaminsky and Taylor Kowalski. Our talent producer is Jane Baker. Our theme song and music were composed and performed by Eric Shackney. This show was edited and mixed by Kate Moldenhauer and recorded by Allison Wirth. Special thanks to Zach Timpson, Charlotte DeAnda, and Michael Lewis Howard. Sound services provided by Great City Post. It's the Who Was Podcast, because it's time to play the Who Was Podcast.